Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Today, we continue our comic book movie journey through film, and we are at Fantastic Four, the first one, the first, well, actually, the second one. The first one was a straight-to-DVD release that is amongst the worst creations ever to grace film. But we're talking the one from 2005, released on July 8th, 2005. It was directed by Tim Story and written by Mark Frost, Michael France, and based on characters created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Uh, Tim Story, not uh, not a huge name, but a familiar name for those who uh, who, are, who are big fans of uh, movies. You know, we uh, most recently uh, had The Blackening in theaters. Uh, Think Like a Man directed the Tom and Jerry live action movie directed the shaft movie from 2019 directed the uh, uh, ride along and ride along to uh yeah, bit, bit, he's he's been around and he, he he also directs the sequel to this and he directed taxi man dude's got a fucking catalog of just maybe not the greatest movies of all time but very enjoyable ones i'm colton robertson i'm joined by joseph george what's up homie uh what up what up always a pleasure to be here Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And I'm so excited to be here. I love this mm. movie. It's not a, like I said, by no means is this the best movie on our list, but I've got such a soft spot for this movie, man. I, uh, I, this is, this was amongst my first theater experiences, actually. Ooh. Fantastic okay. Four. Okay. Wow. So uh, we are getting into that, that yeah, range I was, now. I was Where's five years yeah, old. More common. Wow. Yeah. I definitely, definitely wasn't in the theaters for this one. I, uh, watched it for the first time. Um, just now, um, mm. over it. So it, very, very recent for me. Um, and I, I mean, I've heard just horrid things about these movies. <laughs> I mean, I like, I don't know. I think it's like people just love to shit on these movies. It's like there's a there's kind of a very common ground of like the Fox X Men movies where a lot of people are like, yeah, they're good, but they're still pretty bad. And there's like a very, pretty common hate on those movies, even though they're not really that bad. But this one. I don't know. All I heard was bad things about these right. movies. And like after watching, I'm like, okay, people are a little too harsh. It's a pretty like, normal superhero yeah. movie. You know, uh, there's, I, I kind of text you and I might have been a little bit off with this take, but I think it's a little bit of it's, it's a little bit ahead of its time in terms of what the MCU becomes. You know, we've been talking about this evolution as like when Blade kind of hit the scene and it was like, okay, well, this is like, we're getting on that path. And then X-Men came around and it was like, oh, well, this is this is even more so what what the future of comic book movies has become. And in between there and now, you know, we've gotten Spider-Man and Batman Begins and these sorts of movies, which I think have a unique streak that didn't quite bleed through to the future of comic book movies. But this feels like the first one after those yeah. that's like yeah this is this is the formula we found it an MCU know? movie here yeah, yeah no yeah because yeah spider-man and 
X-Men, yeah, they're not really, they don't really feel like MCU movies. I'd say X-Men and, and X2 a little, but still. Those, they're on their way, yeah. Yeah, but this one is, yeah, it's, the formula is... is down, to the, down to the littlest details, man. I'm mm-hmm. talking, we got uh, comic book characters with just rich, deep history in comic books. And mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and acknowledge that a little bit, but we're also going to do whatever the fuck we want. Um yeah. I feel like this kind of sets the tone for for that sort of uh for that sort of thing and more so than probably ever with this one because the Fantastic 4 is Marvel's first family. This is one that uh goes all the way back to the 1960s um and it it did it did enough to make me feel good about the adaptation but it did plenty that makes it not so good. Um yeah, not too knowledgeable on him, but like, I just feel that Doctor Doom is a little. It's not it, a good. It's not a good Doom adaptation. That's, yeah, that's, that's the only like that's when the I premier it, example of what makes this movie not a I good was, adaptation. Yeah, I was watching. I'm like, there's no way this could be the Doom that everyone loves and holds to this amazing pedestal in comics. You know, and I'm like, I'm expecting this to be. I don't know. I, I expect a Doom just to be a little more. I don't know. I don't. I guess. For the movie, I guess it works, you know, and it's very contained and very, I, I don't know, but uh, I well, feel like thing, it's going to be a lot more grand than something me. that's inherent to Doom, I feel like, is that he, he's one of those guys who was like, it was just given to you. I had to take it, you know, like, uh, he had to go out of his way to like, he combines magic and science in a way that creates yeah, his powers okay. as opposed to having some incurring event that gives him his powers you know like for example if he just like wasn't up there and he saw them have powers and was jealous of them and developed that uh, developed the machine on his own didn't steal reed richard's work and then was like you know what i'm gonna turn this into me you know like i'm gonna get those powers then i'd have been like okay maybe man he could have even like yeah that could have been so much better he was just not up there during the time he comes down he somehow reverses the machine Mr. Fantastic's making to try to, like, get rid of their powers. But, you know, if if they don't contain the storm or whatever enough, it, it enhances their powers. So, like, maybe he could have just used that to give himself powers, you know, or something. Yeah, that's... Huh. No, I, I, like, while watching, I was like, all right, some of this stuff is, is very... We're just gonna do what we need to do for a movie, you know? Like, obviously, if they're they're trying to set up, like, his whole arc and in every little detail about doom i'd say it's probably just cause for a longer movie you know and mm-hmm. I, I don't know maybe they just needed a, a fast they do, way they do to some do allusion yeah. to some of the comic basis you know they're like maybe you should go back to latveria yeah yeah I uh, that. i'm like is that yeah. the only mention is that the only time that's gonna come up and like yeah and they, they do a little bit of a something at the end where he's like on the latveria shipping can, like it's like a sh- it's a Latverian shipping company, so he's getting shipped back to Latveria quite literally. Um, uh, okay, yeah, but yeah, I mean, he was he did all right, you know, in his role, like for just having I don't know, like it wasn't wasn't terrible. Um, he he worked with you know what he had. Um, I I don't know the like the actor's name. He not, definitely won't get my performance. Um, Julian McMahon Mc McMahon. McMahon. Oh, that's man. Typ- it's typically how it's pronounced. McMahon. Uh, like, that that's the same sense. way that Vince McMahon is pr- is spelt. Oh. Uh, 
I just don't see yeah. the. Sp- I've never. I've. I don't even think I've seen the spelling of Vince McMahon either. No, definitely not one that you could. Uh, okay. It's, it doesn't look the way it sounds by McMahon. any means. Man, Mahan. McMahon. Yeah, but uh, no. He's... Yeah, no. It's uh, it, it, it's. Hey, it's passable. It's not. It's it's not like it's the worst adaptation we've seen so far, mm. but it's certainly not honorable, especially given that like uh, Latveria has a lot of uh the characteristics of characters from Latveria have a lot of crossover with like Romani people. Yeah. Uh, so like uh, having just a straight up white guy and being like, uh, this guy's from Latveria. Like, okay, sure. That's cool. True. Yeah. No. Uh, so there's, there's a few things there that are a little, yeah. eh, you know, uh, but another good example of something that's happened time and time again in comic adaptations is that Johnny storm might be a tad old. Uh, he might be, he might be a little, he might be a little old. Uh, yeah, I think this, I think I, I texted you this as well. The Chris O'Donnell, uh, Robin walked so that Chris this Evans, Johnny why. Storm could fly. This is uh, why. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's they, uh, they, they have a little bit in common there where it's like traditionally when you're getting an origin movie or an origin story of the Fantastic Four. Johnny Storm is a teenager. Like, he's 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 supposed to be kind of on a similar footing to, like, Peter Parker. Like, that's kind of... They, they have a kinship in comic books because they were granted powers when they were teenagers mm. and all of a sudden had a responsibility um, greater than their own. Uh, 100% not a teenager. No. Yeah, yeah, Johnny no. Storm's got to be 20-something in this. Yeah, uh, a decorated NASA pilot that got kicked out of NASA. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he's he's, like mid 20s at, at the least. at minimum yeah, like a, yeah no so that's that's the other thing is that chris o'donnell's uh, and, and just kind of uh personality wise you know uh chris evans <laughs> delivering the line you know chicks dig the car i could absolutely see that you know uh i could i could see him ripping that line word for word from chris o'donnell and it being exactly in character for this johnny storm so like uh there, there's a few things that i think they have they have quite a bit in common and it, it, it does end up falling in this similar way that you feel about Robin where it's like, yeah, a lot of the things this guy says and does would make a lot of sense coming from a 16 year old, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause he is, he is kind of a very immature mid twenties, early thirties guy. Like, I don't know. This is, I guess he's, he's just that guy though on earth. I mean, he's yeah. just, I don't know. He's, uh, I mean, I still think, I mean, I like his performance of the movie. It's the one I'm actually going with. Like, he's, he's getting my performance for the movie. I just mm-hmm. thought he was hilarious. And like, he just, he just owned the character, I think, the most out of anyone. Like, he's I mean, my every, performance as well. Yeah, like, everyone else did alright, but like, you could just tell that they were, I don't know what, like, how to say it, but like, he just, he loved, I think Chris Evans just actually loved playing this character. Like, oh yeah. Like, oh, no, I, I'm, Until, I'm like, stuff like this is why people were like, Chris Evans is going to be Captain America. Cause this mm-hmm. is kind of what he did until oh. then. Oh, he really? played, he played a fucking douchebag in everything he was in until he was in Captain America. Um, huh. Like, uh, not another teen movie, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Okay. Uh, all these, this is kind of, this is kind of his bag. Uh, and he, he's an incredible comedic actor, which he kind of loses through, uh, Captain America yeah. as well. 
and he kind of got to regain this sort of sensibility as far as like a a, a different kind of douchebag, but a douchebag nonetheless when he played uh, Ransom in Knives Out. Uh, he he kind of uh, regained a little bit of this douchey yeah. air about him. Yeah, um, that's that's weird. Like I I have like the inverse view of Chris Evans. Like I've only known him as Captain America. Like because I, I this movie. Yeah, like I've only known him as the goody goody. You know, hey, language. You know, even like yeah. even in there. But now it's this is. I don't know. It's completely the other way around. Yeah, like that's the, people were like, "That guy's going to play Captain America because he's he'd been nothing but a douchebag." So like, uh, all their opposites there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and that's kind of what proved that Chris Evans has some fucking chops, man. Like that man can act his ass off. He just got kind of typecast because he's a he's a good looking guy. Uh, he's yeah. he's a good looking man who looks like he could be a bit of a douchebag, you know. Uh, especially with that haircut, you, you buzz it all off like that, and you gotta. You got a certain douchiness about you that's undeniable, but uh, yeah, man, I, uh, I I went with him for performance as well, simply because, like I said, he's just he is living in that role, man. He's having he's having a good time, and I, I think that I think you can make an argument for uh, Michael Chiklis as Ben Grimm. Yeah. I think that he did yeah. a really good job. Uh, he uh, and he he gets my character. I just love the thing. Mm-hmm. I think that. If there's any character who's my favorite in the Fantastic Four, it would be the thing because, uh, and that, that's more based in comics, but I also love the, the struggle that that character faces in this movie. If, you know, like I, I'd, I'd conceivably believe that if you titled this movie The Thing, it would still work exactly the way it did. Like it's. Yeah, that was rough. This girl, like girlfriend, hey, I'm mm. outside, come outside. Like she's like, right. oh, no. Nope, just instantly was like, yeah. goodbye. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, not even like a little hesitation. Like, not just boom. I was like, damn, this dude. And then, and then like, he has his hero moment and he saves everybody and everyone's cheering for him. She comes up and is like, he's a no, hero. You know, no, like, yeah. Here's the wedding ring, mister. Goodbye. You're, She's like, you're- you might yeah. still be the same guy, but I can't get past this dog. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I love Ben Grimm and historically, like, I love Jack Kirby, the artist who created Ben Grimm. Uh, and this was kind of his self insert when they founded Marvel Comics. This is, this is the character that he saw himself in. Uh, he's, uh, he's a Jew, he's a Jewish character, uh, created by a Jewish, uh, Jewish uh, artist who, uh, was also from the Bronx, I believe. It's, I think it's the Bronx that they, mm. they hail from. Uh, but uh and so that's that's the other thing that could like could only lead to a better adaptation is if Ben Grimm was played by a Jewish guy but uh even so Michael Chiklis did pretty well in this they got they got half of it uh they got a quarter of it with the Bronx like real New Yorker vibe going on there I, and I we like get- Michael Chiklis a lot cuz hmm. for this I've only seen him in maybe I've seen him in some other things but Gotham the the Netflix show um he's ah. the He's uh he comes in as commissioner for a little bit after one of them either dies or steps down. I don't know. He becomes commissioner and then he eventually becomes, I think it might be the executioner is the character name, but he's like judge, jury and executioner. He goes crazy. Mm. He's like, the law can't do any. I, I am the law now. And like, I see. I knew him as an, I don't know. He like, he did really well though in the show. And then I, I did really like him here. He was, he was almost my character. Because I, I feel like I don't know he just had a lot like 
just a better kind of story than a lot of other characters did. Oh yeah, like, like his his story I think is the pivotal one in this movie. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's it's kind of the the axis for which the story kind of turns around because when Doctor Doom wants to fuck things up, the first person yeah. he's got to target is the thing, and how does he do that by getting to his soft side and being like, "Yo, I can we can make this shit happen, you know, we can get you back to normal." And I'm all right with the the solution they come up with when, like whenever he's like, ah, my friends need help. Gotta go back into the big orange rock body. Uh, yeah. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll take it. I feel like it's, it's a, a long walk for a short drink of water with that solution. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm. but you know, I'm a sucker for it. I love the like, uh, yeah. yeah, friendship is more important to me than anything else. And I love you guys, you know, that sort of thing. That's, that's cool with me. I'll take it. So like, I, I went with Ben Grimm as the character. I love, yeah. I love that character at large. And I think he's definitely my favorite character in this movie. Yeah. That was, that was my scene of the movie probably was the curing of him initially. And then like, he's fighting Mr. Fantastic right after saves him. And then like, I don't know. I feel like that's like a really like, kind of a part of the movie where i'm like i'm kind of in like i'm like mm-hmm. you know like there's some some vfx and stuff that don't stand up necessarily to the day but like not none of that like takes me out of the movie and like oh i hate it because of it right but like when, when it got to kind of that part of like yeah i you know we're one down you know three more to go and like i don't know it's it's kind of like ooh, okay like this is this is kind of getting fun yeah um and i don't know i, I liked i like doom like the the slow kind of deterioration of him, I thought that yeah. was actually pretty cool. Like for you know, if it's if it's not totally comic book accurate, at least yeah. at least like for the movie, like there was just this like you saw him slowly just get more and more insane and like kill that one dude that fired him in the parking garage, and then mm-hmm. like and then he after he does that, he's just walking through the hotel like that poor doorman just got it, you know, he was yeah. like you know just there. Um I don't know the was Stan Lee one of the doormen like a doorman yeah, or was it yeah. a mailman maybe or something like that? I think he was a doorman. Uh yeah. maybe he was a mailman. Regardless, he showed up at one point and was like, Hey, hey mister, here you go. Uh, yeah. He's like, uh, Thanks, thanks, mister. Uh but no, yeah, I, no, I don't know. Doom was I don't know, I, I really like that scene. Like it, it felt just kinda of like at from that point on, I was like, Oh like I was just kinda not necessarily on the edge of my seat, like, oh I fucking riveted by all of this mm-hmm. it was it was just a i like the last act wasn't as crazy as i thought it was gonna be that's right. for sure i hear it just the stuff i heard about these movies i'm like okay i don't know what they're gonna do at the end of this but it's gonna be some it's a relatively way. simple yeah, solution yeah. yeah no and it was yeah i guess just nice make, little callback you know yeah, little... hey doom <laughs> hey victor what happens yeah when hot metal <laughs> little chemistry lesson for you doom no I, yeah, yeah i like i, I th- mr fantastic i think he is my character but man mm-hmm. does like some of his line deliveries just come across as like the nerdiest shit of all time like i don't know then like i and, think they kind of knock him out of the park it was not, yeah, no. adaptation like he does a pretty good fucking job yeah like he he's so like scientific about everything um like it, like right off the rip like when they get back after the storm and the spaceship he's like well, we we can't let's not jump to conclususions guys you know we we don't know if if uh, our, our bodies have been completely altered or whatever, and then Johnny just walks in he's like, "I was hot everywhere, and he's like, well, yeah, no, definitely the the storm has altered our DNA 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and like, and like him, him just being like oblivious to, uh, to Sue and like him being like, no, I'm happy. I'm happy for you guys. You know, like, and just, I don't know the, the kind of love story. It wasn't like, I don't know. I felt like it could have been written a little better. And like, just the Sue was kind of just a, another, I don't know. Was, I think was they hyper sexualized Jessica yeah, Alba quite a bit yeah. in this one. Yeah, the, you know, I guess the need to get naked, you know, to be fully invisible, I guess it makes sense, you know, at first. But yeah, then, like, why I not mean, just give her the suit, like, right away? Like, it's pretty easy. Like, maybe do it one time, and she's like, oh, I never want to do that again. Yeah. As a suit from there on out. Um, But, like, in the comics, does, like, is that even... Cause like she I don't think it's like, even like, something they necessarily conceive of as a problem. I think they just make her go yeah. invisible completely. Yeah. But I do get the the reasoning. Like, mm. if she can go invisible and make what she's wearing invisible, why can't all their powers work with the clothes they just wear? I guess. But even hers could be the most conceivable. Like, you just... Yeah, but she can literally manipulate... Like she, yeah. I don't know what she says, like what she manipulates, but like atoms, like I don't know. Like I, yeah. I felt like if she can do her body, like, I don't know. She can literally yeah. build shit. Like, yeah. out no, it, like that's the know. thing is that like, I get, I get why they yeah. would say they needed to do this, but they, uh, they didn't need I to see. do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. Uh, it was a, there was a funny line of just Johnny being like, I'm going to need therapy. I'm going like, to need right therapy. After, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to need therapy. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, I don't know, like, they could have just given her more of, I don't know, I don't know what, like, it just felt like she was being used as, like, a mm-hmm. love, just, like, to push the love story forward, you know, at, at points, but, um. Right, yeah, and the the whole Victor Von Doom and Reed Richards love triangle is always interesting to me, you know, I think that's a, I, I. And also the fact that Victor Von Doom, like, at the beginning when he proposes to her, I've never really caught this. I don't think they were dating. Yeah, I think they were, they even said themselves that it was just like an on and off thing that like, they've just, it's just like she's worked for him for two years. Yeah, yeah. And then he was like, you know what? I think you're hot and I like your mind. How about we get married? Sort of thing. And it's like, wait, what the fuck? Maybe that's how billionaires do it, you know? Maybe yeah, like some of them. maybe that's just how it happens. I don't know, but yeah, it was out of nowhere. It was just like, <laughs> like, and I guess like it, he he thought he was like, I mean, he opened up those windows and like showing her the world. He's like, yeah, you know, you guys say that like they can give you the world, but in my case, I actually can. So now you must marry me because I just yeah. I'm literally so rich that you must marry me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah no, I think uh, I I always have really enjoyed the origin scene. This is one of my favorite origin like mm. events in all of comic book movies. I think it's a really cool idea um, and is relatively, relatively comic accurate, you know, like uh, them getting hit with an energy wave out in space and that being what makes them the way they are. Uh, that's that's pretty it's pretty spot on. And I've I've just. I like the way you see the way it's like affecting them as it hits. Yeah. Like you watch Mr. Fantastic stretch and invisible woman goes invisible for a second and then comes back. And I, I've, I've always really enjoyed that scene, but my favorite scene was actually 
the everything on the bridge after after Ooh. Ben has been uh, denied by his by his his lady friend, Aww. and he goes up on top of the bridge, and the dude's about to jump off and commit suicide. What do you think it's so bad for? Yeah, you think you, you, got, think it you got it bad? Yeah, like what a way to look at me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Man, and he, the dude's like, "Oh fuck!" He's like, he like walks out over traffic, and he's like, "Don't go out there, you fucking dumbass!" You know, yeah. like, uh, uh, I loved all that shit, but uh, just I, I love a big hero moment, and they got to be just heroes for the sake of heroing, just kind of saving people because they, you know, the thing does kind of cause it, but he yeah. he had good intentions. That crash uh, was also insane. Like, yeah, I it was mean, a lot. Like, the pileup was intense. Yeah, that was nuts. The I feel like they had to do like literally just send cars down there. I mean, obviously there weren't people in them. I mean, maybe there were. I don't know. But like a lot of that stuff was done practically. Like yeah, seemed, um until I mean obviously like Mister Fantastic stretches halfway down the the bridge. <laughs> but I don't know. I think it, it was really cool. Like a just like an onset of all their powers and showing mm. you know like an unveiling to the world, and, they, and they're yeah. still kind of like rusty with them, so they don't like fully know what to do yet but like they're getting the hand like handle of it and yeah when that flammable the flammable truck goes up and johnny sees a kid crying for his parent like crying for their parents and he like covers them like i love shit like that just simple shit where heroes do hero stuff you know like uh in a moment of impulse i you know there's there's reason to believe johnny knew that would work because he'd already caught on fire and but he knows he can catch on fire. He doesn't know how other fire affects him necessarily. Yeah. He just kind of did that, which I, uh, which I really, really enjoy. And, uh, I like that. Uh, I, I just love that scene. And whenever it all resolves itself and the cops are pointing the guns at Ben Grimm and they're like, no, no, like all the people are like, no, don't do that. He's a hero. Like, mm-hmm. again, it reminded me like Spider Man whenever yeah, yeah. The people are throwing the stuff off the him. bridge of Green Goblin. Let's all of us. Yeah. 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 I love when the that city's shit. involved. It's always good. Yeah, it's yeah. always good. And then like them in the the tent, and like they're seen on the news. Like, yeah, they're calling you guys the Fantastic Four or whatever. And like, then then they come out to the press or the media, or whatever. And they're like, all right, well, which one of you's the leader? And then Johnny steps up. He's you like, know, yeah, like, that'd be me. That'd be me. And they're like, all right, but for real though, who's the leader <laughs> of you guys? <laughs> and like, okay, man, yeah. sure. Um. Uh, no, he, I don't know. He was he always tried to take advan- full advantage of the situation, you know. Right then and there, oh. he was trying to, and then he's like, "Ah, oh, screw, screw all this. I'm gonna go freaking motocross and and just do some crazy tricks no one's even seen before. And then I'm gonna tell everyone what our names are on live TV. I'm just yep. gonna have the limelight. And like That's I don't know. He was, yeah, he just. I mean, whoa, is she flying? Uh, yeah. I, I lo- <laughs> That's another great scene. Uh, whenever he just goes to the motocross thing and does whatever he wants, he rips off the suit and he's got the Fantastic Four emblem on him. And they're like, what the fuck is he doing? Uh, but w- right after that, I think whenever they go like when they go down there to like confront him and Johnny talks a whole bunch of shit on on Ben. And so he like crushes a car yeah. and throws it in front of him. They've mm-hmm. got this. Uh, I love this was a pretty accurate representation of the relationship between Johnny and Ben, where Johnny is just, a, you know, he nags him and he, he gives mm-hmm. him shit. And Ben always gets mad, but they always ultimately are like, you know what? I love you, buddy. You know, that sort of thing reminds me a lot of and this is for the Star Wars fans. And I think it almost certainly had to be an influence 
on Star Wars Rebels, but Ezra and Zeb. Uh, oh. Big, big, big same energy uh, mm-hmm. as Johnny Storm and Ben Grimm yeah, yeah. and Eric Zeborelios and Ezra Bridger. Um, and I, I absolutely adore that little uh, connection they have. And that's what's so cool about all of them. You know, Johnny and Sue are brother and sister. Sue and Reed have a, a love connection. Reed and Ben are friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ben and Sue are friends. And like, they just like, they all have, it's, it's, Marvel's first family, man. I love I love that yeah. shit. It's, it's always made me really, really happy. Yeah, I was between two lines, and one of them was like at the end when they're Johnny's supernova and around Doctor Doom, Sue's containing it, and then it just cuts to the thing, and he's just like, "Flame on, kid!" Like he's yeah. like he's just proud of him, you know. It was like, "All right, let's put our differences aside. What you're doing's yeah. pretty fucking cool, you know." Yeah. Like you're going supernova, and that I don't know. That might be my favorite shot. I'm kind of like I was wondering. The only shots that stuck in my head were like the end when like it is the fire tornado and Sue's containing it all mm-hmm. and like you see Doom in the middle. It was it was pretty cool. Or like the very very end whenever Johnny just flies around, makes the logo and like Statue. Of Liberty. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, that yeah. that was pretty sick. Uh, the Statue of Liberty shot, but nah, uh, that shit makes me so nostalgic because that's like I was watching this movie I don't know a couple years ago um, for the first time in forever. And I got to the end and he like did that. And I was like, wait a minute. And then it cuts to Victor Von Doom and those shipping containers. And I was like, hold the fucking phone. I saw this in theaters when I was like five. I, I can remember seeing it like wow. specifically the end because I was, I was a five year old kid. You know, I was in a movie theater. I was probably like, I was probably doing shit you shouldn't be doing in a movie theater, like running around and doing, mm-hmm. doing dumb shit. I remember when I was a kid, like when a movie would end, as soon as it would end, I'd run up to the front of the screen and look up, you know, so that I saw the credits like rolling straight up. Uh, love, love that shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I love the end of this movie. I think that, you know, it's, it's pretty cookie cutter, but it's, it's super enjoyable. You know, Reed pulling out the wedding ring, being like, yeah. What what if we uh what if we did something about this basically? Uh, yeah, it was it was cute at the end there, you oh, know. Yeah. I get like I finally, you know that, and they had that like kind of pre, like before that, whenever they're just out, like on the I don't know it was it was kind of like a uh, in Lady Bird. I don't know whenever like you it was just Lady Bird and her friend. I don't know, but then the bridge in the background. Uh, it was it was the kind of the same thing, but it was. It was Reed and and Sue, and they were kind of. I think they were out. Oh, that's why the thing got mad. It, yeah, it, he he's expected them to be like working on the machine, but it, they were out just having like a good. They're like yeah. on, went on a walk or something like that. And like, oh, look at you laughing it up. Yeah. yeah, but Sue was like, you know, um, talking about how you know she's always wanted a guy that took charge or whatever, and like he just never quite did and like and she's like do you really think victor you know or, or like i don't know, like just kind of waking him up you know and like I, don't, I thought it was it was pretty cliche and cookie cutter i get yeah it was pretty like simple love story there but i don't know i thought it was for for like a superhero movie and like for kids like i, I think that's like i think it does does fine for kids but i mean oh 100 percent. yeah the the adult audiences i don't know you gotta I feel like they could have, could have, that's the thing is that like Spider-Man did come out before this and Batman Begins came out before, you know, it's like there are, there have been very, very serious and well-made 
comic book movies, but maybe that's not really what they I were trying to do. I don't think this is what that was necessarily like, going for, you yeah. know? I think there's a, there's a certain... <laughs> it's hard to say exactly what makes this different than other comic book movies that came before it, because it does have a little bit... Like, there's a little... There's a little scary shit going on with Doom every now and then. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I remember be- as a kid being a little freaked out by him, you know, yeah. just being like, oh, shit. Uh, but beyond that, there's not a lot of mature themes with this movie. It's very it is very easy to understand. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that so far amongst our modern Marvel movies, this probably is the most four kids we've got yeah. so far. Yeah. Looking um, back at the other like. Blade, definitely not. The no. X Men movies are like they're on their way, but they're not. Yeah, like I'd say, like teenage or even adult audience. There, Daredevil, not kids. Hulk, not really. Catwoman, not really for anybody, I guess. Um, Constantine, definitely not. Yeah, V for Vendetta, no. Yeah, this is this is for sure. Like, I don't know, maybe the most kid movie that we've covered on the whole project actually i don't know mm-hmm. like looking back at everything and maybe mask of phantasm but no like I, like actually watching that I don't, I don't know if that really made for kids at all yeah no i'd say this one is maybe the most for kids um and yeah i think i don't know maybe we you know that i think that's very important like when it comes like they're trying to see like how successful they could be with a live action, you know, movie made for kids and comic books. And I don't know, it is kind of the first of its kind, really, now that I'm I'm looking at it. Um, let's see what comes. Yeah, another X-Men movie afterwards, Superman Returns, Ghost Riders. I'm trying to think of, like, the next kid movie. And it, I, I haven't seen Rise of the Silver Surfer, but if it's the same tone as this, it might be the next one that is kind of meant for kids because everyone everyone after that is no <laughs> like yeah. spider-man 3 i guess maybe spider-man 3 but i mean that's got venom and yeah like the incredible hulk not really the dark knight definitely not watchmen x-men I, I would go i'd say iron man it's not yeah. necessarily for kids but like it's it's supposed to, it like that's the thing about all of these is that there's none there's nothing on this list besides the R-rated ones like V for Vendetta and Constantine and Blade that I'd be like absolutely don't show your kids this like all of them are palatable to children by that's all true. means yeah uh but as far as like the most appealing to kids I think this one's got to be this one's got to be top of the top of the list so far yeah um Oh yeah. It's uh it, it, and it's just a fun fucking movie, man. I have a I have a great time with it and I think that uh it's gotten a bad rap in the comic book uh movie like circle when people talk about like the worst movies of all time. They always throw like this up there with Catwoman and uh, for some reason not... they also throw Thor Love and Thunder up there and it's like, dude. This is I closer can... to Thor Love and Thunder than it is Catwoman yeah. by by one oh yeah one million percent oh yeah um, yeah I agree with that and Thor Love and Thunder I feel like when we get there I think it's like it's I don't know every time I've, I've rewatched that I'm like why is this like the undoubtedly example. the worst MCU movie I'm like why like how, 
I never, yeah, I never really understand that. But um, I guess just dark elves, people, it's all crazy from the beginning. The ether conjunction. I guess there is a lot of crazy stuff that happens in that movie. But I don't know. This one is, is definitely, yeah, I think top of the list on on appeal to kids. And it will be for for quite a while until well, like like i said I, I saw this one in theaters when i was five and my favorite line goes back to like the line whenever i was a kid just being like oh fuck yeah, yeah. uh whenever johnny jumps out the window and flies for the first time and he just goes flame on i had this action figure it was it was a foot tall 12 inch action figure of yeah. johnny storm it was all orange he had the mm-hmm. he had like heat waves coming off all of his limbs and his head and stuff and when you pushed a little button it would go flame on and i absolutely loved that shit that's the um, best shit right there yeah, yeah flame on and it's clobbering time it's over it's clobbering time did he did he say you that? Got, you got one in he there. Did you say got that. one in time. And he's like, I've always wanted to say that. Or like, uh, isn't that what he said? Like right after? I think it's, it's been, uh, wasn't it a piece of merchandise? That's right. Yeah. Johnny comes up to him. It's the proto. Look what the action figure, you know, came yeah. on. Like it's, it's clobbering time. time. And he goes, Oh, that's ridiculous. He just crushes it. Whatever. And then he says, it and he's like, it's not that bad. You know, yeah, like, he's, like, you he know. literally runs through the wall and like doom goes flying. And like, yeah. he, he, like kind of, like a Kool-Aid man. But like the thing version, yeah, uh, him running through the wall. Man, like I, I, I really enjoy this yeah. movie. It's not, it's nothing that's, it's nothing groundbreaking. But it's not gonna do, it's not gonna do bad. I don't think it's gonna be, it's gonna be a pretty good, it's gonna be a pretty yeah. good little, uh, it's gonna find itself pretty good on the rating system. But uh, my shot actually ended up going to it, uh, for no reason. It was fucking gorgeous. It like one of the only shots in the movie that I was like. That is actually a very pretty shot, and uh, it's Ben sitting in a diner while it's, like, raining outside, and the neon lights are, like, trimming the window, and it shows him drinking a cup, uh, trying to drink a cup of coffee. Oh, uh, yeah, that poor guy. He just, he had it rough. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, that, I don't know. That, I didn't think about that. But th- is that when, when Doom comes and visits yeah, him? Yeah, Doom comes and talks to him. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, that's right. Um, Yeah, that's... I don't know. I'm a I'm a sucker for like wide shots and like cityscapes mm-hmm. and anything like that. But neon lights, that's another easy. Always do it. Oh yeah. There's a great tweet. Uh one of my favorite tweets about uh, film critics. It was like, uh, oh, I gotta find it. We can move on in the meantime. But uh, uh, film critics neon lights because hmm. it says something about how. Uh, it's ah oh, fuck i can't find it regardless it says something like film credits watching movies with neon lighting it's an it's a mind fuck mind bending existence the ethereal nature of it is unbelievable it's just yeah. it's just neon lighting yeah. uh yeah just uh i don't know but i hey that's oh no i love that shit i'm a sucker for it yeah you watch blade runner it's like probably 98% neon lighting like the cool the shots yeah, that everyone is like oh it. that's just, film critic after watching a movie that features some neon lighting this movie is absolutely nuts like an acid trip slathered in meth a delirious dive off the edge a kaleidoscopic extravaganza that must be experienced to be believed (laughs) a phantasmagoric descent into the void (laughs) wow wow yeah they're describing a literal trip on like dmt not just neon lights that are yeah yeah just like 
I don't know, like every kid has in their bedroom now that can change the, you know, their bedroom color. And you can almost the equivalent of that, you know, but just a little bit cooler. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I don't know. I I'll, admit to it, I'll admit to it. I, yeah. If it's up there, I mean, I, it automatically just makes anything look cooler. Oh no, it does. It 100% yeah. does. John Wick 4, you haven't seen it yet. Neon lights out the ass in that one. Uh, John Wick 3, haven't seen that yet. Neon lights out the ass on that one. Uh, Mission oh, Impossible cool. 7, neon lights in that one. Like that a lot. Action movies like their neon lights, and I like it when they have the neon lights. It makes it very satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I think. Yeah, no, it, my shot, I, I think I will. I'll, I'll choose the end, the four Fantastic Four logo in the sky with the Statue mm. of Liberty. I was, I was thinking about the Tornado one, but uh, it's not really as as satisfying of a shot as uh, the end. And I don't know, he's just just Johnny having fun again. You know, he just running off the end of the yacht, whatever they're on. Like, like what? Yeah, I gotta guess that's some sort of yacht. Um, like they just saved the city. Yeah, it was so, like uh, it, it was some was, sort of celebration that was like, thanks, Fantastic Four. Oh, I guess it could have been like Doom's yacht because he's like, yeah, they're praying on his downfall. Maybe they're, they're like, just no. like, yeah, well, he's gone, so they're he, just pissing got, on his grave. Yeah, like let's just take out his yacht, you know, or what? Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that, but um, oh, one of my one of my favorite parts of this movie and one of my favorite relationships in comics uh, is Ben Grimm and Alicia, uh, the the blind woman who he yeah, who he yeah. happens upon in the bar, and that that fucking scene whenever he goes to sit down on the bar stool and it just <laughs> cracks under his weight. My God, man, that was so sad. Was, uh, and the bartender being like, hey, this is an American hero. You don't fuck yeah. with him like that. Uh-huh. What can I get you, Ben? And he's like, give me everything you've got and make it a double. Um, make it a triple. Yeah. yeah. From, I love from me from some there. Alicia, man. Yeah. I love me some Alicia. There's actually a recent, a relatively recent issue of the ongoing Fantastic Four run, which is one of my favorite comic book runs probably ever even though it is it's pretty short-lived at the moment can't remember if it's issue number two i think it's issue number two it's it it follows the thing and alicia into this uh they go to this little town where everybody's stuck in a time loop like stuff resets and they keep going like why did like they're like, why did shit reset? Like, they're like some, like come some of the only people who realize it's resetting. They can't figure out why it's resetting. And then they find this dude sitting in a bar who can't get over like this heartbreak and they have to like walk him through it and like talk to him about it and help him move on. And it's just like a really simple, not actiony story, which I absolutely love when comic book, comic books do that. Uh, but it just kind of gave you like a good insight into who Ben and Alicia are and how they, uh, how they are to people and just, uh, I, I love the thing, man, and uh, he, he's become one of my favorite comic book characters the more that I've dug back into comic books. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know, this, I like, it makes sense that, like, they're going with this one first for, like, kind of, like, testing, I don't know, maybe if it was a test for, like, the MCU kind of, like, movies that they're trying to go for, but, like, the family aspect of it, like, it, it is mm. just a really cool combination of relationships that everyone has like the back and forth. Like it's everyone, everyone kind of has, everyone has their own little rapport. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, and everyone is so different. Like, I mean, you have a douchebag, you have a, a nerd, you have, um, I guess I don't know how to just, 
you know, but he's just kind of like a big teddy. He's the everyman. He's just a guy. Uh, Just a guy. And then I guess you just have just the girl. Uh, I love that they pose the idea that Ben Grimm's a dumbass. Like he's a little dumb, but he's also an astronaut. Yeah. No. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I just think it's kind of funny that their concept of what it requires to be an astronaut is just being willing to go to space. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of all they've got going. Like, you got to be pretty fucking smart to be an astronaut. They don't let that shit they, slide. Uh, it pick, uh, well, you, now now uh, we have private space, you know, stuff like that. Right. So, I mean, it really, you don't have to be really anybody you just have to have a lot of money now but before i mean you it was like you had to spend time in the navy like i mean mm-hmm. it's like yeah they were they were very selective of people well, and that that is something that ben had going for him i'm pretty sure he was a veteran in this movie yeah. if i recall correctly i think that um, makes, i think i remember that. i can't remember if it was air force it might have been air force in this movie that but sense. that would uh, make sense. um but no i i love like all their different personalities were were really awesome and and having like a brother and sister or uh an ex you know like you 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 could tell that like uh i don't know Mr. Fantastic and Sue were together at some point and then he just never never made the move i guess you know like were they date like they were dating for a little bit and he just he just never never got to second base or something i don't know he just never <laughs> yeah, i'm not sure but but uh I don't know. All, yeah, all the this is such a just a really cool found like kind of a found family before they even went through their like power transformation thing at all. They were already kind of a, a family before, right? Uh, but it, are they like? I don't know if it's ever confirmed. But is this like? Are they just mutants? And this storm like activated their like their X gene, or is it? Some- um, no, they're not. Uh, they're not mutants. They're. Uh- that they're just uh, uh altered altered humans um as far as the comics are concerned i'm pretty sure that what they're uh imbued with is the power cosmic which is also what powers galactus and silver surfer i might be mistaken there my fantastic foreknowledge doesn't go extremely deep um but i do know that they're not technically considered mutants hmm. um like alongside the x-men or anything hmm. uh yeah, it's because uh, I, I know you watched this relatively recently, the, the like Dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. It was like a relatively recently, two years ago. Um, there's a the, when she becomes the Phoenix and like there's the orange energy out mm-hmm. in space that collides yeah, yeah. with her. Extremely similar sort of uh, yeah. vein going on there, which I think is very interesting and uh, feels like. A little odd, but it, that that is partially how Dark Phoenix kind of goes. That that's sort of the Phoenix saga, like you know, it is what it is. But uh, just wondering for the the new one that'll eventually come out mm. here soon, if if they'll like go the mutant route, like maybe, like and maybe say that it is. I could. Uh, I think the MCU will almost certainly do that. Um, yeah, because I, I see this. Like Wanda's little, like her barrier that extended hmm. and that awoke Monica. You know, like that 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 seems like has it has she been confirmed a mutant or? I don't confirmed. think so. Not yet. Seems but like it. It, it seems, seems like that it. like that energy barrier once you pat you know like through that like kind of 
Yeah. If you have the X gene or if maybe it could be anybody. I well, and there's know. other things too, like with the way they made Miss Marvel a mutant. Like they were just kind of like, you put on these yeah. things and look at, look what happened. That's it woke true. something inside that's of you. Uh, yeah. She didn't even go. Okay. She didn't so that's my it. thing is that I think that whatever they do in the MCU going forward, if there's some event, if there is something that wakes something within you, they're going to call you a mutant. Um, I think that's I think that's kind of what they're going to go for. And I, I do have some concerns as to what that could mean for comic books, because they already uh, just recently killed off uh, Kamala Khan, yeah, Miss Marvel, I saw that. I saw and they're bringing her back in her, in her own title where she is being confirmed to be a mutant to coincide with the Marvels and the MCU mm-hmm. and do a little bit more brand synergy there. But, uh, like, and so, like, it doesn't do a lot, I don't think, to ruin stories by any means, but I think it just kind of loses sight of what the core of the character is. It can anyway, you know, you start, once you start folding people into the mutants on the comic side of things, especially right now, they start to get folded into the X storylines, which are massive and just like year spanning they've been intertwining and it's so hard to keep up with and i know people are probably listening who have read that and are like it's not that hard and i'm like i know man but i've tried and it's not that easy either um it's just a lot it's just a lot to get caught up in uh the cool thing about that miss marvel run though is that it will be written in part by amon Vellani, which is really cool uh the actress playing Mm -hmm. kamala khan so that's uh that's very cool at the very least. Um, but yeah, so like if they do, if they do start to go like, well, actually this character was a mutant and this character's a mutant and this character's a mutant. Cause how do you justify Monica Rambeau being a mutant, but not, or shit. How do you justify, you know, Monica Rambeau being a mutant without justifying Scarlet Witch being a mutant, which she is in the comics. So that's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a leap to make. But she got her her powers the same way Captain Marvel did, who is not considered a mutant in the comics. So now do we go back and consider Captain Marvel a mutant? Is that what's going on now? You know, so like there's just like, where do you draw the line? Is it anybody who has powers is now a mutant unless it was via the super soldier serum or or what? You know, uh, yeah. And, and like a Spider-Man, a mutant. Is, is that what they're like? Just altered DNA. Like, cause, yeah, because I mean. Yeah, because at once I thought it was like, you know, you had to have been part of a mass event that awoke every something inside of you. But then Monica Rambeau, that's just she walked through a barrier times. And then Kamala, yeah, like that, that's there wasn't even involved in any Wanda thing Mm -hmm. at all. And because I was trying to think like maybe it is this energy storm or something that awakens it because it's. What happened, you know, I like, I'm trying to connect it with this movie, like this Fantastic Four, thinking mm. that they were thinking about all of this, um, back then in 2005, uh, where WandaVision would come out, you know, um, but no, I, I just thought that, like, maybe that's the, the mutant event is Wanda pushes a barrier, like, on the whole, mm. world. like, the whole right. everything, maybe even bigger than the world, I don't know, but, uh, cause it, it could, I could see them like that being the f- new Fantastic Four's origin. It's not some storm out in space. It's like Wanda's 
field being pushed yeah. out of them and they go through nah, that. Yeah, like, that it'll be know. interesting to see what they do with the Fantastic Four. You know, I'm uh, I'm very excited to see what they've got cooking because I like the Fantastic Four a lot. Um, we're recording as of the finale date of Secret Invasion. I don't know if you've had the chance to watch yet. Um, have. You have? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch it, but I know everything I need to know. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting. And as of the publishing date for this episode, that'll be a couple weeks back. So if you want to if you want to talk about that briefly, because there's a little bit of a Fantastic Four comics tie there with uh, uh, Super Scroll, which we talked about on the Patreon episode when we talked about the premiere. Where in the comics, the Super Scroll is has four powers. Uh, they have an arm that turns into the thing. They have the ability to do the invisible stuff like Invisible Girl. They have the ability to turn into flames like Human Torch, and they can stretch like Mr. Fantastic. That's cool. And obviously what they've done is MCUified that out the fucking ass. Uh, Just everything. Every single thing that the MCU has ever been is now inside of Amelia Clark. Um How you manage that, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I mean, is 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 there even like a power ranking anymore? You know, like no, like, like that's the most overpowered character there's ever been, and the only way you can possibly handle it going forward is nerfing the shit out of her. Which is like, why why do it then? Uh, it wasn't even just like I thought that they would might have been like an old Avengers thing. Like it was like the old Avengers, not everybody, but like it, everybody. like they had. They had like the dark evil Squidward fucking DNA, yeah. like shit, like and fucking like, Thanos in there. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck, Mike? But yeah, I, that's that's no. Nah, I've I've officially been released of my shackles. My shackles being feeling like I need to watch every MCU show the day it comes out because yeah. I don't want to miss anything. It was just like, okay, that was in, I, that was being heralded. As MCU's Andor. When I heard that, I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm, I'm like, that is not even remotely in the same ballpark. We're not even in the same arena. It's not even close. It, it I mean, it's a different planet. Oh my God. No way. Like, I think they were just trying to say like big name actors in a show that can be taken seriously that anyone can watch sort of thing. Not maybe it's as good as Andor was. Right, um, right. Is this but, the first show since She-Hulk? It is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of hilarious um, that the finale of She-Hulk would be like, what'd you think? We were just going to build to a giant CGI fight? Nope, not today. Wait for the next show, though. Then we'll do that. Um, How much is, like, that a thing now? You know, like, is the real enemy Kevin... Maybe that, I mean, it, it, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, like. I choose to take that not very seriously as far as the implications for the MCU. Uh, but I do think that. <laughs> the real villain is Bob Iger. Yes. That's what they're building the to. The strike is, is canon. The strike is canon. <laughs> no, I think that, like, my thing is that, like, the lack of patience for a character like the Super Scroll. Fantastic Four comes out in a year. That is a Fantastic Four villain. 
or two years. Uh, it's supposed to come out in a couple years. And as a villain for the Fantastic Four. I get that y'all want to do Secret Invasion, but if y'all wanted to do the gritty spy thriller thing, guess what you didn't fucking need? The Super Scroll. You didn't need that shit. You could have just had scrolls infiltrating the government in an extremely high level, which they did. And that's kind of all the show needed to be. Yeah, like, the, it, the show, if, if you take the Super Scroll out, it's literally the very end of the show. That's yeah. what it ends with, and it's just so that she can kill Gravik. And then it's it's cool. It's a cool twist that it's like, oh, it's not Fury. It's Amelia Clark. And it's like, oh, it's like, that's cool. Nick Fury's not there. But, you know, whatever. And, like, so it was a cool twist at the end. But then, like, it's just that. That's it. And it's like, yep, you're really powerful. Let's work together to keep the world safe. And I'm like, that's it? Like, I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's what the show ends with? Like, really? Well, yeah, now I I'm like, I like Amelia Clark being prominent, though. You know, like if that means that Amelia Clark is going to be in stuff, fuck yeah. You know, I love Amelia Clark. To be, or they're going to have to uh, kill her off fast because, like, how? But how do you kill her? Well, and now are we even going a direction? Like, I didn't watch the show, so like, you know, I'm talking a lot of shit, but I'm just talking a lot of shit on the the general structure of MCU at large and what I know the show to be. Mm-hmm. Um. Does she seem like she's going to be a villain entity? You know the uh, and I always forget her name. The uh, the Gion? kind of female version of of uh, Fury. Um, oh, she, Olivia Coleman. I can't remember what she the head of like character. MI or like the in Britain. Like I, I yeah. don't know, kind of like that. She meets with her at like she kills Gravik, and then she like is just walking in a city or something, and then like um, she pulls up. And stops her and is like, "Hey, like, like I'm, I'm gonna need to talk to you." And then Amelia Clark's like, "Oh, well, I can, I can kill you instantly." Um, you know, she's like, "Oh no, I know that you're definitely, without a doubt, the most powerful thing that's on this earth." Like, I don't. She says like that, and she's like, "Well, we're gonna need to work together." And she's like, "Well, I can't just trust you out of the kindness of my own heart." And they're like, "Oh no," she's like, "I'll use you. You'll use me, but we'll keep the world safe." And that's it. And they walk off together, and they get in the <laughs> car. And then that's the end. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. It. I, so I like, find it kind of fascinating that they introduced just a uh, a British Val. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love Olivia Coleman. Uh, but it sounds like they're going to utilize these characters pretty much the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Um. And then like. Are we going to need to watch, or is everyone going to need to watch Secret Invasion whenever Amelia Clark's, like, introduced in whatever she comes up in next? You know, like, or what does she come up in next? Is it... Well, the there, I mean, people movie? are, like, I'm pretty sure it was just said that the Marvels is the sequel to Secret oh. Invasion. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, that is coming out next, huh? Uh, but I don't get that at all. Um... Just given the promotional material. Another crazy thing about the promotional material, including the the idea of it being a secret invasion sequel, is that the Marvels, a sequel to Captain Marvel, a film from five years ago, will now feature Miss Marvel, a character introduced in a Disney Plus show, Monica Rambeau, a character introduced in a Disney Plus show, apparently a sequel to Secret Invasion, an entire Disney Plus show, 
that's just wildly interesting strategy. You know, I think that's, uh, especially given that at the end of Captain Marvel, it was said that she was going to go off and look for a planet for the scrolls. Was that acknowledged much in the show? Yeah. At the very, this episode, Fury was like, we tried for two years and we, it was made clear that we couldn't find a home. So we were going to have to try to make you a home here. And then Gravik was like, well, you didn't do that either. And that was it. But it turns out that wasn't Fury. That was Amelia Clark saying those things the okay. whole time. So maybe there is still something that's up in the air. Maybe I'm just so intrigued by why they would decide to just kind of. Because then that makes Carol Danvers look real bad. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it, like it, she wouldn't even. She's not helping Earth because they've got. There's a whole galaxy with problems. But she's trying to help the scrolls find a home, which she gave up on after two years, apparently. Apparently, the Kree uh, are in peace term. Like, they want peace, is what was said. Is that the Kree are actually wanting. Pursuing peace. Pursuing peace. And maybe that's what Captain. Or like, maybe that's what she's been doing the whole time is not like trying to find a new home, but trying to get them their home back. And, like, maybe just that war has just been going on and on and on. I mean, regardless, I know this is the Fantastic Four episode, and sorry to get all sidelined, but I think we kind of said all we needed to say about the movie. It's extremely simple. Um, yeah. I'm going to see the Marvels without watching Secret Invasion, just to see. I'm like, I want to know. I want to know how much I can get by without watching Disney Plus shows. I'm just curious. This is you know, the like useless Disney Plus. Like it's well, and then I know that Rhodey's alive. Uh, uh, fucking Everett Ross is a is alive. Is the only person who actually died Maria Hill? Yeah. Yep. Consequences, yep. baby. Wow, that's some. And Rhodey, they didn't even say how long he's been in there. They just said he's been in there for a long time. And he started, like, he needed help. Like, everyone else could walk out on their own strength, but he was, like, literally so weak he couldn't even move his muscles. So he's, like... Well, he also is paralyzed. <laughs> forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's paralyzed from the waist down. That would also do it. So, yeah. never mind. Um, I thought that that was just their way of being like, no, he's just been in there for a long time. He could have been in there since Civil War, though, you know, like. Yeah, I guess that could be the case. Um, No, I think I just. uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the Marvels simply because I love Brie Larson and I love Amon Villani and I love Tayana Paris. So, like, I'm going to see it. And I love the director, Nia DaCosta. Um, But I might truly not be far off from cutting ties and just wiping my hands of it i'm like i i like them i have fun with them but it's it's a lot man it's a it's, lot yeah they can't expect everyone to to watch all that stuff like it's i don't know it wasn't the show that that they were making it to seem that's for sure like it's it's a little disappointing when you watch it is the screenshot like the 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 shot of her with the Drax arm real? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, man, she that sucks. She had a Drax arm. Yeah, she had a Drax arm. The evil That looks really bad. Arm. Oh, it like was Like visual terrible. effects wise. It was terrible. Yeah, no, it was bad. The whole last 
the big fight scene to end it all was bad. It was just not good. Um, that sucks. Cause it's so yeah. many talented people, man. It like, looks ridiculous. Like, I mean, it's like, it's laughable because it's like, that just looks hilarious. I she mean, has you got a show. One- you've got a show with Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, did he actually die? Talos? He's dead, right? Oh yeah, he's yeah. He's that dead. fucking sucks. Taylor, you got Ben Mendelsohn, you got Amelia Clark, you got Kingsley Benadire, you got Olivia Coleman. All these people are so insanely talented. What the fuck are y'all cooking? You know? Yeah, and like, well, that's the thing is, it actually ends with Fury and his scroll wife, um, like going up to Saber together, and like. But she is finally in her scroll form and is like, you're going to have to accept me this way now, from now on. And they kiss. They kiss is, you know, he kisses. Human and scroll. It's like, it, like, I think it's, it's a, it's a cute moment, but it like it, at the end of the day, it just looks ridiculous. Like I'm watching it. I'm, I'm just laughing because of how ridiculous like it looks. But, um, so yeah, it's the show ends and you're just like, wow. Like I, I didn't need to watch that. Um, That's hilarious. No, I mean, like, I'm excited to see the Marvels just to see how much I could have used seeing that. And the only reason I can even fathom it having been a necessity is if Amelia Clark shows up. Um, Because I know Nick Fury is going to be up there. But, like, did it become more clear what period of time this takes place? It's still post-Endgame, right? Mm -hmm. Is that just kind of it? Yeah, it's it's kind of got the same ambiguity as everything post in game where it's like, well, this could be before this and this could be before that. But nothing tied it to anything else. There was no. Okay. Yeah, it's just after the blip. See, and that's my other thing is if you're going to if you're going to tie everything together, at least tie everything together. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Those- we don't know when Hawkeye versus, well, I guess it's like Christmas time. So like that one's kind of. Known. Is it Christmas time, 2023, four, five, 2022? When is this? When is, what's going on? What happened here? Yeah. And Miss Marvel and all of these things, like they seem to. Moon Knight, She-Hulk, yeah. Eternals, Shang-Chi, but... No Way Home, uh, Loki, uh, like just the amount of shit that's come out post Endgame is insane. I'm pretty sure they've put out if I remember the numbers correctly, like from 2008 to 2018, they've put out more stuff 2019 through 2023 than they did in the first 10 years there. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's just that's not good. That's it's just so much stuff, man. Yeah. It's just so much stuff. You're crunching your workers way too hard and your VFX artists and nothing's getting, nothing's turning out well because it's not getting the time it deserves. And you just keep pumping shit out there. And, uh, hey man. I'd rather watch a Fantastic Four movie that doesn't have to do any, anything hey, with uh, different MCU. I'd be just fine with it. And I'm okay if you want to do a giant fucking saga. That's cool with me. Because the first, like, I mean, obviously there were some misses between Iron Man and Endgame. There absolutely were. There's absolutely no doubt. But at least the trilogies somewhat connected. And then the overarching story made sense. Yep. 
Yeah. It was clear and everyone was theorizing out the ass and like waiting for like yeah, in game and like Infinity War and Endgame it like it no one can take away the what that did. Like that yeah. that, that that will always be a, a fucking massive moment in just movie history. They're right. just they're trying to do something bigger. In five years, if yeah. that. Yeah, and it's just it's not working. It is not working right now. Um, yeah, so far the multiversal saga, which has uh, also featured like almost no fucking multiverse, by the way, is uh, is not doing well. You know, you had No Way Home, you had Multiverse of Madness, you had Loki, which opened us up to the idea of it. Nothing else has even come close to associating with it, though. And there's been like I think 15 things at least in the Multiverse Saga, which it is. It has to be what if an animated show. Ah, oh, that's and, right. And, and then, that. But I mean, bear, like, it's only the last episode that they actually get into it. And then it's a Sony movie that's not even MCU. That's across the Spider Verse. That actually, yeah. like, it's like it's not act. You know, it's the multiverse saga. Yeah, that's what they're in right now. And I guess maybe, maybe we don't have all the puzzle pieces. And once one thing comes out, it'll make it all clear and it all connects somehow. But I think they're with this one. I think that this one's not the not the one where it all comes back to connect. If I had to guess so. Um, I think it'll connect to some things. You know, and I know that Infinity War and Endgame, they didn't necessarily connect to every single thing that came out between the beginning and the end, but it did a pretty good job of encapsulating kind of everything that had happened. Yeah. Um, This, I think it's going to be practically impossible to do it as satisfyingly as quickly as they plan on doing it. Um, yeah, they just need time. We need we need time to sit with these movies instead of having to like just oh here's the next one. Now I gotta watch this show. Now I gotta watch this movie. You know, there's two like all these movies to worry about, and like no one can even keep up. Like a casual fan, good luck. Well, like, that's what's crazy too is that like what have we gotten this year? Quantumania and this. Oh, is that actually it? Yeah. Is Thor Love and Thunder this year or was that That was last year? Okay. It's not uh, a great track record so far for slowing it down either. So like I don't know, man. That's true. Yeah. Yeesh. I'm Yeesh. like, is that really the only movie? Like Secret Invasion was the first MCU show of the year, right? Like I'm not tripping. Cuz the last show was She-Hulk, right? That's as far as I can recall. And that was last year. That wasn't this year, was it? No, that was last year for sure. That that was August. Oh, Guardians. Guardians 3. I don't even consider that an MCU movie because yeah. it's so focused. Um, that's true. Yeah, they did. I, I just haven't seen it yet, so that's why I didn't. I still haven't seen it. That's sad. And that's the thing is that they have these, they have these little, like, what's been so interesting about Phase 4 and 5 is that there are these moments where it's like, oh, Y'all still got it in you. Mm. Guardians 3, Wakanda Forever. You know, I like She-Hulk a lot. I know that's not for everybody, but I like She-Hulk a lot. Uh, I like Multiverse of Madness a lot. I know it's not for everybody, but I like Multiverse of Madness a lot. No Way Home. I like No Way Home. Like, there's plenty of good shit. It's just, it, it all feels so schlocky 
at this point. It's like, let's just throw shit at the wall. We'll see what sticks instead of developing stuff that they know should stick. I don't know. No. Yeah, it is. Technically, the holiday special came out in February of 2023. So that that would be the that's the first thing in in the MCU in 2023. The holiday special came out in December of 2022. Oh, wait. Yeah. Why is that? Why does it say February? Maybe I, ha- I just have that on the sheet wrong. Maybe I haven't moved down one. Maybe that's when we're supposed to put it out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, what? Anyway, oh, well then, yeah. It'd be Quantumania, Guardians 3, and then the Marvels right next. Yeah, yeah, this... I'm hoping the Marvels is is good, and it, it can stay... The Marvel you know? looks fun, at the very least. Yeah. Like, it, it looks like, and it's got a great cast, it's got Brie, like, but, you know, Secret Invasion looked like it had a great cast, and, um, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I do, I do truly think that we're in for a pretty good one with the Marvels. I just, uh, I don't know how you miss with the directorial team and the lead actors that you have in that movie. Mm. Like, if you fumble that, there's there's other interference going on, you know? Uh, yeah. And I don't know. It's going to be interesting by the time we get to this new fantastic four movie, like how, how much origin, like, is it going to just, are they going to have, are they, have they been around the whole time? Is it from a different multiverse? They're hopping into this one. Is it yeah, like, yeah, it's like, I wonder how the heck they're going to like it. It's hard kind of like you were talking about all the X-Men stories, how they just have so many storylines and so many things to intertwine. It's like, at this point, like, how do you intertwine the Fantastic Four? Like, such a, a long-standing, or supposed to have been a long-standing family that's been around for a while, and now they are just popping up after after Endgame and whatever. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I, th- I feel like they they're going to have to be mutants and it's going to be some global event or something that, Mm. that is like, Oh yep. Now they're around and who knows with Kamala Khan being the first like official mutant that they've dubbed a mutant in six one six or whatever they're calling the universe now. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe the Marvels does something like maybe that's, maybe that's when something big happens, you know, like maybe that's when something, uh, maybe that's when they explain, Oh, actually you're all mutants. Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau, and that's why you're all intertwined in some way. Uh, mm. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but regardless, I really enjoy Fantastic Four. I think this is a cute movie. Uh, I think that, you know, while it's not uh, not the best of all time, we're looking at, like we said, we're looking at some pretty MCU-ified shit here, I think. Pretty enjoyable. Is it the best? Definitely not. Um, but yeah, let's talk about it then. Enjoyment wise, how are you feeling about Fantastic Four? Let's see, going up with all the other things. <clears throat> let's see. Recently, like Constantine, that was a seven. Um, Electra six two five, Blade Trinity a seven five. We were nice to Blade Trinity. Uh, Hulk a six seven five. It's definitely in that six to seven range, I think. Yeah. Um, Constantine, like se- the sevens are Superman 2, Batman and Robin, and Constantine are the flat sevens. 
Um, and I'd say I'm probably enjoying those a little more. Or if it's I can't not, blame it, you one bit. It's like Hulk 2003 at a 675. I think yeah. I'm on similar footing there. I'm either on, I, I think I might put it above Hulk 2003. No kidding. Um, it's either on the it's either a seven or six seven five. I think. Okay, um, I'm personally at a seven. I, I give yeah, this movie I the benefit of the doubt every time, uh, just because I I really really enjoy it and uh, I've always I've always thought it's cute. I've never thought it tried to reach for anything more than what it knew it was capable of, which I think is, you know, it's charming and I feel like it's got a lot of heart. And uh, so yeah, I'm comfortable with a seven and enjoyment. If you are. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean it's it's a lot more fun of a movie to watch. Like if I don't know, if I'm going to throw on like even out of the 7s, like out of Batman, Robin, Constantine, Fantastic Four, I think I'm I'm going to Fantastic Probably Four. this. Yeah. That's I'm going to the campier shit, you know. I would probably go to either this or Batman and Robin, funny enough. Yeah. Uh <laughs> And I don't know, you just, it it a movie for different moods, you know. If if I'm if I'm going to move for real serious really, really good superhero movie, I'll go Dark Knight, you know? But if I just want to be blazed one night or something and have a yeah. great time... Just have a fun old time. Night, you know? Flame on! Like, now now I'm... It's not... I don't have any nostalgia with it, sadly, but now I'll, I can kind of, like... I, got I understand it. I understand one. it now. Like, a, yeah, right. Would be, it would be the coolest shit as a kid. So, yeah, I think I like I like a seven. There cool. Well. Uh, genre-wise, as an action-adventure movie, it does a lot. Uh, it doesn't do anything crazy. It doesn't do anything, I'd even argue, good. But it does enough, I think, to at least be on, uh, above five for the genre. Okay. At, and, uh, I'd even argue we're looking at somewhere probably around Hulk level again with a six. Yeah. Uh, Batman Blade six Trinity. Also a six. And Blade Trinity, a six. Um. Yeah. Blade 2 was a 6.5. Yeah, no, I think we're looking at about a 6 then. Uh, Maybe, yeah. Like, I feel feel pretty comfortable with that straight up. Mm -hmm. I like that. I can dig. Here we go. Adding it in there in both places so I don't forget. There we go. Okay. All right. Adaptation? Well. Um, it's... I think we're looking, you know, we recently did Electra, which got a five in adaptation because it had it had the bones, but didn't quite get there. It's a pretty middle of the road adaptation. And I think we're looking at something in a similar vein here. Um, But I would even give it a little bit more credit. I think they did a good job with the characterization of Johnny, even if they didn't get the age quite right. Mm-hmm. I think that they did a good job with uh uh, uh, Ben Grimm for sure. Beyond, besides uh, the fact that they didn't cast a Jewish actor, um, I think that Reed and Sue were pretty well done. Uh, and if you're talking about the oversexualization of Sue Storm, that's pretty accurate to the comics. Comics have had a tough time with that over the years. Um, Sadly, comic book <laughs> accurate there. Okay, yeah, comic book accuracy is being demeaning towards women. Uh, they've they've done that historically quite a bit. Uh, no, so that's not definitely not a strength of this movie or the comics. So kind of a it kind of negates things there. You, you really come down to how much of a much of a problem you have with Doom. 
yeah. as as an adaptation. And uh, the only other big thing for me is Michael Chiklis uh, not being a Jewish man playing Ben Grimm. Uh, that'd be the only other thing that kind of got me. And so I, I end up probably falling around the same point I did uh, as the genre. I think I think I do end up coming around to six, maybe maybe even uh, looking at X Men, looking at Blade Two. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm probably going to bring that down to a five five. Um, just okay. personally, not not a great adaptation. Below the Blades, but above Elektra and Batman and Robin. Yeah, um, I can do that. Okay. And at a five five, you said? Yeah. Okay. I like. Because you just have more knowledge than I do. But I like Doom was a little disappointing to me, even not knowing fully like Doom's story. Like I still felt like it was it just wasn't right, even not yeah. knowing it. No, um, it's it's not right. And uh yeah, and you know what? Let's actually go ahead and bump it all the way down to a five. It's it's similar to, it's very similar to Batman and Robin, where I think they got the characterization of Batman and Robin really, really well. But then you look at the villain side of things, and you're like, well, you could have done a lot better there. So I think a middle of the road, whenever you get half the characters right, you know, what can you do? That's mm-hmm. that's that's about what it is. So uh, yeah, yeah, I think. It is like, because Batman and Robin was the first one where we were like, well, they did change a whole lot of stuff, and I guess it was fun for the movie, but it can only get you so far. Right. Um, so I think I think it is kind of the same here. That they they definitely, they could have uh, dove deeper into, like, Doom's story. It's just, I think they were like, it's it was out of the scope of the movie, so it, it just uh, kind of hindered it a little bit. But, okay. Now, <laughs> critically... I guess uh see what is what would be a close comparison to this I'm trying to probably think. Electra. Yeah. Uh, for a Hulk Hulk and Electra feel like it's it's ballpark here. Um that 4755 I don't think I can go much lower than that. Like 4 we've got Superman 4, which I know this is better than Superman 4. Yeah. Um I'd say it's Is it better made than Electra? The thing about Electra is that it was surprisingly good looking. Um, even if it wasn't super well written, uh, it, it was, it was an all, and I don't think this has as much of a visual personality as either Hulk or Electra did. Uh, but I do think it captured a feeling a little bit more. I do think it had a bit more of a, a charm to it than the others did. Mm. Which I think adds more to enjoyment than it does critical. So I mean, I would be comfortable going straight up four five. Which you know, last week we gave Batman Begins a nine. So calling this literally half the movie that Batman Begins is, I'd feel pretty good about that. I think, yeah, because I think Electra would actually just be a little bit better made. Because I'm like, I was, I was about to just be like, yeah. I think it falls kind of where Electra is, but I think it. I'm, I'm, the performances might make up for it. You know, uh, I think Ion Grafud is very, very good as Reed Richards. I think that, like, 
I, I think it doesn't matter what the MCU does with Reed Richards. I don't think they'll be able to find a better casting for that role than they did here. Um, like that guy was, that's fucking Reed Richards right there, man. Uh, his apartment is pretty sick too. Just rewatched Titanic recently. He has a very small role in that. And I was, I was watching it. I was like, Oh shit, that's Reed Richards. He's very young. Uh, and he's just, uh, he's just some guy who, uh, I think he works either for the boat or yeah, I think he works for the boat. Like, like his, yeah, out in the water. And he's like, uh, he's like, hello, is anybody out there? That's, that's him. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I was, I I thought, I I remember like a close up shot on him. Like, yeah, like, yeah, no, he wasn't whistling. That's how another, another uh, movie that I revisited recently that I've given just a poor shake. That's a fucking. It's a great movie. That's a fucking 10 right there, buddy. I yeah, love Titanic. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know what? I, I'd feel remiss to say that this is worse than Electra. I think that visually might be the only thing that Electra had up on Fantastic Four and everything else. I think I'd be willing to tie it with Hulk. Uh, I think I, I would I... be, I think I would be able to go middle of the road five out of five out of ten okay that would tie it with blade two hulk and constantine i think that does sound a little bit better that does Um, feel a little bit more yeah yeah four out of five and then that would round it out to a five seven five which ties with constantine and howard the duck um, a little bit above hey. Electra. That's um, good company. Below the Blades, uh, not Blade Two, but below Blade Trinity at a six one three. Hulk was at a six one nine. Daredevil above. Um, IMDb yeah. has this at a five point seven out of ten. Whoa! Wow. Well, there we go. I, that uh, I think that worked out pretty well. Um, I love when shit like that happens. When we just calculate it, and it's like the exact same as some <laughs> other shit. Uh, oh, it makes five. me very happy. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then, uh, what does the good old tomato meter give this one? Probably even worse by Nine. like a lot. Oh, wait, that's the, this is the remake with Michael B. Jordan. Never mind. Is this, this 28? Game? Yeah. 28 and a 45 <laughs> in the audience score. Well, Which makes sense to me. Twenty eight percent of critics being okay with it makes yeah, sense. A little less than half of the audience being like, "All right." Also yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, it was, in fact, it was where our gut took us four five forty five percent, and I, I ended up talking myself above it. Uh, so I'll, I'll 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 be okay with that. Uh, mm. But yeah, at a at a fifty eight for us uh, makes the top twenty. It is number twenty. Um, <laughs> out of out of what? 25? Or nineteen? No, never mind. Nineteen. Um, out of twenty-seven now. Okay. Um. Yeah. No, it's nineteen. I mean, there are just objectively worse movies than this. Like, it's yeah. just just a fact. Electra, Superman four, Batman and Robin, Blade two, Batman sixty-six, Superman three, Supergirl, and Catwoman. I would and, say uh, that all that sounds right to me. Um. Maybe we were a little harsh on Batman sixty-six. We were 100%. The thing about the this project and the know. thing that happens with all of our projects is we get nicer and nicer as we go along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get so Batman a three critically. I mean, it's 
It is it's pretty good. Terrible, but like is let's yeah, I mean it was pretty bad. But it was like on purposely bad. Like It actually had like the reverse we gave it five girl. five, six, seven enjoyment genre adaptation, whereas for Fantastic Four we gave it a seven six five. Uh so it just it just kept getting Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, and it, Batman 66, that was the first one that we even yeah. did. You know, we um, always come in a little harsher than we, because yeah. we always want to undershoot it. We always go like, mm-hmm. all right, this is like a baseline. This is kind of what we want to be. And then we end up just revealing ourselves as really nice critics. And <laughs> it, it always happens. Yeah. It's inevitable. Uh, None of these movies really suck. You know, even I mean, Catwoman. Cat, I'd, I'd argue Catwoman truly sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I can't really find much enjoyment with that movie. Maybe you just enjoy it for how bad it is. You know, that's that's one you can just know is going to be bad when you go in and true. Just throw it on in the background at a party and give some people <laughs> random fever dreams or something. I don't know. Um, but no, this one is no. I th- I like uh, five seven five. Isn't that what it came out to be? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Still in the top twenty, but near the bottom of it. But hey, we wrap up the first uh the original X-Men trilogy next week. Didn't realize we were already there. We got X-Men the Last Stand next week, baby, kicking off 2006 for us, which will hold uh three movies if I'm not mistaken. Yes, we're going to do X-Men the Last Stand, Superman Returns, and Superman 2: The Donner Cut mm-hmm. from 2006. We're finally there, uh which is very exciting. Very happy with that. But yeah, we got a lot. We got a lot cooking right now. We just concluded our our director spotlights, which was a, a a rather ongoing project there for several weeks with Wes Anderson, then Christopher Nolan, and then the Greta Gerwig. But we're taking a little pause there up until we, we still got some still got some decisions to make. But we're hoping either Ridley Scott or uh, the Coens or something. We'll figure something out. Uh, but yeah, we got a lot cooking. X-Men The Last Stand next week. We're still doing the Game of Thrones rewatch. Uh, we haven't decided what we're doing on Wednesdays as of the date of recording yet. We don't know if that'll be top 100 favorite movies ever or if that'll be the John Wick franchise. But we're covering one or the other. I can promise you that. Um, and that's happening on Wednesdays. We got we got plenty going on here. Uh, if you head to patreon.com slash pennybloompotter, you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content on that $3 tier and some written content on the $1.50 tier. And that helps us so much. All that money goes back into making sure I can put this podcast on because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it is over there. You get early access to our comic book movie project. Um, as of the date of recording, uh, you would actually get this episode this Friday. You would get it this Friday, uh, July 28th, as opposed to August 11th. Is that when this is coming out? Is that accurate? Yep, it is August 11th. Yeah, so coming out August 11th, if you're on Patreon, you get it two weeks early, and that's how it's been for the last several movies, and that's how it'll be going forward. Um, so that's, yeah, a little, little bonus there for the early access stuff. Um, let's see. Yeah, head to, head to X. <laughs> uh, head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram and threads at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be listening and to download. It means so much when you guys download our episodes. July was one of our best months ever. Actually, it was our best month ever download-wise, and I'm hoping August is following suit. Um, that would mean a lot. Um, but yeah, 
With that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And it's clobberin' time.